Hello, this is Scott from Kowloon City, and you're listening to Epitome of Stupidity. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 60. Nice, even 60. Quit waving at me, Clint. Hi, Brian. Of Epitome of Stupidity. If, do I seem excited? You are excited. I am really excited. That is Kowloon Walled City in the background. This is episode 60 of... Kowloon MFing. Kowloon motherfucking Walled City, as I wrote down that. Yes, yes. In the background, you're hearing their song, Your Best Years. Um, off their latest album. Off their newest album, Grievances. And uh, we may or may not have a really fun conversation with Scott of the band shortly for you. We're still your favorite allegedly metal podcast, and uh, let's get off and running. Brian, right. what have you been listening to? Nonpoint Ginger Typo, and I tried Mo- Motorhead. What do you listen to? <laughs> tried Motorhead. You don't want to tell us about but, the Ginger show? Well, I went, so I went back to back. I went to a Nonpoint show, a really small club on a Friday night, and then the next night I traveled to Cincinnati, which is about, um, it was about an hour and 40 minutes by myself to see Ginger in a small club, and it was fan-fucking-tastic. They are, um, they're kind of like uh, um, Moontooth. I mean, they're different genres, but I'm saying they're like, I, th- I, th- I think they're on the breaking. Right there. Yeah, they're yeah. like, no one's doing anything like them. And like I told Clint, you can pick any, there's, there, there are four pieces, you can pick any one of the band members and watch them the entire set and not be bored. They're all ridiculous at everything. They, even the bassist, no bassist joke, he plays a five string and does <laughs> tapping. I mean, he's, he's even in, interesting to watch. And he is essentially kind of the front man, if you will. When they're interviewing, it's always her and him. Her, yeah. But, uh, God, they're so fucking good, man. I only like maybe a little over 50% of their songs. But they're doing it like no one else has. No one else is. And I was supposed to see him last night, but I was feeling under the weather, which is why I gave away my ticket. They so sold out. Our guy, uh, Chase Petty? Uh, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. He had a fun, a fun time, whatever. But. Fantastic. Nine Point put on a fantastic show as well. You always know what you're going to get with them because I've right. seen them a billion times. And the Motorhead thing? I, I mean, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> it's just, I don't know, man. It's just it's just okay. It's not monumental, mind-blowing music for me. I did that one song, uh, fucking, what was that song? One More Fucking Time. That song is fantastic. Brilliant. I love the lyrics are brilliant. a slow song. Because it's the only one that can feel something. <laughs> You're out of your mind, man. So, yeah. Uh, I'm not done, though. Oh. No, I'm not done trying. With Motorhead? Yeah. That was just Good. the first step. Yeah. Anyways, we'll do that later because we know what's coming up here. Um, it's fall, so I've been listening to some Typo and some Yob. Uh, and real quick, there's a great two-hour interview with Typo on... Yes, it's like this... an hour 15, something yeah. like that. Kenny and It's Johnny. all over YouTube now. Look it up. <laughs> it is so funny. They bust out their box set of vinyl and they go over every album and all the memories. And they even touch on Peter's butthole. 
But Peter, these lyrics are retarded. <laughs> these lyrics are re- these lyrics are retarded. <laughs> um, I was cranking some snow burial on the way over here. Uh, Caustic Casanova. I've had a good couple weeks. There's been a lot of fun tunage out there, and I got stuck on Kowloon Walled City for a, a grip bear. I've listened to them a ton this week, but I tried to leave that out since that's what we're talking. Well, about. I wanted to use that as the lead-in <laughs> yeah. to the let's yeah. call some random numbers. Okay, ready? I'll let you make the sounds. <laughs> Ring. Why did it have an explosion at the end? I don't know. And he answered. I don't know why, but for some reason we are talking to Scott of Kowloon Walled City. Scott, you don't know why he's talking to us. I don't know why he's talking. <laughs> right. To, right. Did, did I say it differently? <laughs> you did. Okay. Well, it's, I haven't really, I haven't really talked yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's relatively early for us here at eleven o'clock in the morning on a fine Saturday, but for Scott, it is a god awful eight o'clock in the morning, and he's talking to our dumbasses. Scott, how are you this early morning? I am tired. Thank you for having me <laughs> on your broadcast. <laughs> tired seems like a uh, the appropriate response. Um. I went to, I saw the Tom York show last night. In, oh, no shit. Uh, it was excellent, but, you know, a little bit late. So <laughs> That was, uh, he was here in Columbus just a week or two ago. We did not go. We did oh, not. yeah, yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're doing the whole thing now. They're going up the West Coast. Wow. Um, well, you know, I guess we could talk about him later because <laughs> I'd rather talk about you now. <laughs> The uh, oh, yeah, certainly the much more interesting. <laughs> you may be sarcastic, but we're not. <laughs> the uh, the burning question here for actually, you know what? I'm going to start with something different. Our friend, our mutual friend, apparently, uh, Justin wants us to ask you. Uh, Justin Tyler wants us to ask you, what does it feel like to have written the heaviest song of all time in gambling on the Richter scale? Well, you know, it's a heavy burden to carry on your shoulders, but you get used to it over time. You just you just put one foot in front of the other and try not to tell yourself every moment I'm the guy who wrote the heaviest song. <laughs> one, I don't know. One day at a time. I, one day at a time. Yeah, yeah, I you know, I'm just a regular guy. I, I don't know. I have I uh thanks, Justin. Um we still play that song from time to time, and all those old songs are definitely uh they're fun to play, and they are for as a the singer they are total fucking throat rippers and so we we there's always a little bit of a negotiation when we're talking about set lists like can we do diabetic feet and this and this and i'm I, you know and Dan our drummer loves heavy and uh you know I've got to be like, can we <laughs> intersperse some things where I don't have to scream? Yeah, yeah, like, like I can we not re-injure me too badly, please? <laughs> um, but I still like those songs. I still like that record. Um, and when I hear it, I'm still like, damn, uh, all right, good enough, <laughs> right? Good enough. The uh, Scott, I suppose we should note here, plays guitar and does the vocals for Kowloon Walled City, and uh, I, I always. I always love when I see you talk about your guitar playing because it sounds like one of us talking about how we are with our instruments. The, Terrible. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Nailed it. I love that, man. Uh, I love that the well, whole... I, I, I don't think that's false modesty. I mean, really, like I think if you got any of the other people in our band on your show, they would all say, yeah, he's not very good. Um, 
it, you know, and I think that's there's two things there. One is uh, I came to guitar late. I grew up as a bass player. And two is the other people in our band are really excellent players. Uh, John is sort of like a total mutant, just really unusual, interesting, great guitar player who also is more of a traditional guitar player. He grew up only playing guitar. Uh, you know, he spent a lot of time practicing when he was younger. Uh, you know, Ian has played in 8,000 bands mm -hmm. and toured a ton and has only been a bass player his whole life, you know, and, and so on. So, uh, those three are really outstanding musicians and I'm sort of like the gorilla compared to them. And we all, we all know it. And I, <laughs> we joke about it enough now that I'm like, all right, uh, I can say I'm fat, but you guys can't say I'm fat. You know, like, but, uh, you know, I, I've figured out enough that I can kind of get by and play to my strengths and playing with John for the last, however many years has been like, it's just been a fantastic education. You know, I don't know. I don't know how it's been for him. Uh, <laughs> it's a go God. <laughs> it's probably, it's, yeah. It's probably been like parenting a toddler for him, but, uh, that's a growing experience too, I guess. And, um, yeah, I, so I've, I've gotten better. Um, you know, and I also record a lot of bands, so I see a lot of good players. I mean, when I say like, Hey, I'm a kind of a shit guitar player. Like I, you know, I mean, now that said, I do think that in this kind of music, especially a lot of the time, there are people who are, they're like specialty tools, you know, like it's like, this is a tool that only is good for routing this specific kind of wood on this specific kind, you know, like whatever, like it's a tool that's built to do one thing. Right. And I think there are a lot of people who play the kind of music that we're talking about who are like that. And, uh, you know, it's not a tool that you would just see at Home Depot. It's not the kind of person who could sit down at a piano that they walk by and just play or, you know, sit in with a band. But they are good at doing this specific thing. And I feel like that's that's OK, too. It's just <laughs> yeah. a different type of musician. But it's real easy to compare yourself yes. to a generalist, yes. you know, someone who has a great grasp of music theory and yes. who could sit in you know, read charts or what, you know, whatever sort of level of musicianship you think of as being sort of a standard, good, advanced musician. So do you use no theory? I mean, I've taken a few theory classes when I was younger and I understand some, some theory, but it's never really clicked too hard. Right. Um, I, you know, I, when our band is writing, we're rarely talking about like, maybe if we had a minor third there, you know, that's right. not the, uh, right. I wish we did, but it's a little more lunkhead than that. Yeah, I love it. Most people, it seems like it seems like you hear went from guitar to bass pretty regularly, but you don't often hear went from bass to guitar. You can go. He, from, he made yeah, the right choice. If you, if you listen to my, well, I'm not. Too, <laughs> I'll, I'll just tell you, you don't have to listen to it. My <laughs> early guitar playing was basically bass playing, right? It was, you know, like, and and even now, it still kind of is. Um. But yeah, I don't know how that happened. I was just jamming with friends who were maybe even worse at strings instruments than me. So one of them ended up playing bass and I played guitar and, you know, just absolute lunkhead shit. <laughs> and, uh, and that stuck when I, I guess when I met Jeff and we started Kowloon, I, I was like, oh, I guess I play guitar now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I play guitar like that. 
I'm 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 right there with you though. The other guitarist in our band is way better than I am, and I'm always you know bugging him to teach me stuff and get excited when he writes stuff so I can learn something new. And always watching those savants on YouTube, like holy shit, I will never be that. Oh good. yeah, no, dude, that shit doesn't even make sense to me. Right. That's like you know watching someone who can solve a Rubik's cube in six seconds or right. whatever. It's like well, it's like <laughs> I'll never be that good, but good for good on you. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. This guy can play, you know, some old school arcade game for 12 hours on one quarter, and that'll never be me. You know? yeah. <laughs> but then I will get to get a quarter. Yeah. So um, I guess the uh, uh, a good thing to ask here, and I think I know the answer to this, and I want to take a guess at it as opposed to letting you answer as <laughs> as a an interview should go. Yeah. The uh, like <laughs> The name of the band. Knowing that you're, uh, in your words, a, a minor photography nerd, I'm going to bet that the name of the band came from the pictures you see of that place. Uh, sort of. The, the longer answer is that we, when we started this band, we were trying to think of a name, and we had a few that we were throwing around. And a friend just mentioned, like basically said, you should call it Kowloon Wild City. And... Uh, <laughs> We were all like, what is that? Like, just the name was super evocative. You know, it sounded like like something you'd see in, like, a cyberpunk movie or, you know, like, yeah. a, you know, it sounded like Blade Runner or something like that. Right. And uh, so, you know, you go right to the Internet and start looking it up. And it's like, whoa, this place was the most densely populated place on Earth and uh, pretty much had no laws. You know, it was incredibly... Uh, sort of organic in its growth and just like very human and very crowded. And, uh, it just seemed still seems, you know, like a thing that could barely be real. You know, it was, it was like a sci-fi movie, but it was real. And yeah, it is. This is, is it real? And that's right. And it wasn't. And, uh, and I, I still think the name itself is just sort of, is beautiful it's really interesting you know the that that anything that says wild city in it is just like whoa that's really yeah it just again it's evocative so that was what we named the band now the truth is i think in hindsight i you know we're four white dudes in america <laughs> and uh you know i don't know that i would name the band that again yeah, uh yeah. you're sort of you're sort of latching on to someone else's very real history right um and using it like a fictional thing yeah. when it's not and uh so it's hard to name a band i don't know what we would have named it instead uh but it also totally fails the like yell it over a loud bar test <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know if someone's like what's your band called and you're like elder <laughs> like you know the person understands that right, right away. Right. Like, the, the, you have to spell it and then you have to explain it. Yes. And like, I guess that's interesting. And we've definitely, a lot of people have said to us like, wow, I found out about this place. You know, I did all this reading and watched this video and then, you know, I bought this book or whatever, you know, about this place because of the name. I actually did a so, lot of the same thing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. There's a really amazing book. If you're feeling spendy, uh, by a photographer named Greg Gerard, who was there uh, 
and he's an amazing photographer. And he also posts a lot on Instagram now, a lot of stuff from his archive. Uh, incredible photos if you really want to, you know. I mean, it's a huge book. It's really expensive. Uh, it's like a hundred bucks, but it's a beautiful, amazing book. That's like the, the crown jewel I, that I've seen of Kowloon, you know, history that you can find. Yeah. But anyway, to, so the, sorry for the super long answer, but no, it wasn't really, it wasn't really because of the photos actually. Hmm. I thought for sure I had that one. <laughs> I got no, cocky it, was about more, it was, it was more because the name itself I think is, sort of lyrical sounding itself in a way. And because the, the, the facts of the place are so unusual and interesting. I, I texted a, fr- uh, a friend of mine about you guys when uh, Clint first told me you guys were coming on. I hadn't, you hadn't been on my radar yet and I was checking out and I, I knew a buddy who, who you guys would be right up his alley. And I said, dude, check out this band. And his immediate, his immediate, his immediate response was, Whoa, what a name. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I know it, it, yeah, it right off. The, yeah, yeah. Right off the bat. Um, who but, would name band this? Do you ever does so? Does the actual city is there? Do you have any actual songs about uh, lyrical content? You know, inspired by the the history of that? No, uh, no, definitely not. Um, I think the, the you know the that idea of claustrophobia and closeness and you know um, comes through sometimes. Uh, you know, inspired by. Uh, my own experiences being and living in cities, but uh, no, I, I mean, by now, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know about when we started the band, but over time, more and more, I, I've learned to uh, to write your own story and not try not to uh, write other people's stories too much. It's just some people maybe can do that successfully, but it's very hard for me. Okay. Huh. I uh well I suppose while we're here let's go ahead and talk about some of your lyrical influences. I I saw somewhere that uh Grievances was inspired by uh a photographer whose name I meant to write down and didn't. Um uh the song or the album we're talking about. I think it said the album but uh I I guess you well, know you better. Cleared than up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, go on. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I thought that that was really interesting to because you know, knowing that you're you're into the whole photography thing, and then to base either a song or a whole album on, you know, just being inspired by somebody's pictures and writing off of that, that, that seemed like a good hell. I, I guess to be blunt about it, it seemed like a good talking point because it it's it interested me. So, um, it I I hate to burst your bubble again, but that is it's not accurate. Um, oh, man, the, I am however, over. However, I'm going to take it with me because it's a cool idea that I don't think I've ever really, uh, you know, explored is trying to find more off of photos. Uh, so the, I think what you're thinking of is the photo that's on the cover and on the gatefold on the inside of the record is was taken by a guy named Lewis Hine, H-I-N-E. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. And he, um, in the early 1900s, he worked for the U.S. government, um, and his thing was, it was like the Department of Labor, basically, but it wasn't that. Uh, And he was researching, documenting uh, the use of child labor in factories uh, and farms and in the United States. 
And so he was, he would travel to like factories allegedly just to, I guess, inspect them. But he, stealthily, he was, you know, photographing them and taking notes and, uh, uh, you know, like uh, from the stuff I've read, like, you know, with a, with a, a pad of paper hidden in his pocket, you know, like he's really in danger doing this because, uh, I think people knew that what they were doing was, I don't know if it was straight up illegal at that time, but it was definitely wrong. You know, it was not chill. And, uh, and he's documenting it. Right. And so, uh, the photo on the cover of grievances is a factory in, oh, I can't, the photo on the cover of grievances is a factory that was shot at like, I don't know, it was like four 30 in the morning or something like that when it was open and working. Uh, and the photo on the inside is a bunch of the kids who are working in there and um, or in another factory. I don't know that they're the same factory. Right. And uh, so the interesting part about that is that guy was a hero. He he was one of the people who was. He made a huge difference in the creation of child labor laws in the U.S. by doing this stuff. Um, it was a big deal. So that that. The deal was that a lot of the songs on that record touched on things about work and the nature of work, and I guess maybe the nature of capital, um, whether or not I understood that as when I was writing it. And so I was trying to find something, an image that, and a title for that matter, that matched, sort of like dovetailed with those concepts. Right, with the theme. Yeah, and uh, and it was hard. Um, looked at a lot of strike, you know, worker strike and unionization imagery. Maybe a few things from the oh yeah, a few things from the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire, if you're familiar with that. And it was just hard. Uh, and when I came across his work, uh, he has the combination of you know this really important pivotal subject matter and his photos are also really beautiful uh so if you look up his name there's actually someone just posted a bunch of album covers that have used his photos and i didn't <laughs> i didn't do that before we decided to use one right. uh and there were a bunch of like pretty famous records that had used his photos on the cover but they're all people you know a lot of like right like scrap you know, like like scruffy looking kids, you know, smoking a cigarette <laughs> in front of a work site or something when they're 12, you know, wearing 1920s clothing, that kind of thing. Uh, I'd say uh, I'd say you pulled it off pretty deftly because, I mean, the with the uh, the the kind of subtlety of the actual cover and then with what you get on the inside, I, I'd say you nailed it. It seems to match what the album has. That's great. Yeah, I I still it's still sort of a weird choice for a record cover to me, but when I see it, I still recognize it and I still think the photo is really beautiful. So, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, definitely agreed. Um speaking of the band, he says in a very lineal connecting way. <laughs> okay. Um the, the uh as you were talking about earlier with I I just want to talk at least briefly about kind of the evolution of the band where you know, the harsh vocals and the, I, I guess it wouldn't be wrong to call it heavier there at, at, with gambling on the Richter scale and Turk Street and stuff like that. And where you've kind of grown to 
and uh, just kind of the whole evolution and the writing process there. Um, <laughs> is that a question? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna, yeah, yeah. he's waiting well, on the question. I, I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> there wasn't an actual question mark at the end of it. I just wanted to kind of open the topic. I'm, I'm still working on my interview skills. <laughs> uh, me too, or I wouldn't have asked you if that was a question. So, <laughs> well, I guess the better way to say it is, was that arc intentional? My original intent with this band was that we never change. We never grow. We never evolve. Wow. I, I mean, I literally said that to everyone in the band and they thought it was funny, but th there are bands that I like and admire uh, who, again, they're purpose-built tools, right? They do one thing. And I love purpose-built tools, <laughs> you know, so Meshuggah or, or not, ACD. Yeah, not Mastodon. Or, <laughs> no, or, uh, or Unsane or, you know, like... Yeah, the 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 last five Unsane records, they sound different, you know, sonically. But as soon as uh, it starts, a, you know it's an Unsane album. Absolutely. You know, and the last, like, whatever Meshuggah records are almost interchangeable. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the great early Iron Maiden records are all basically one record. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and I love that. I think it's a fine, like... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's like a deceptively challenging and totally. Oh, it's gratifying if you can pull it off. Yeah, it's a totally uh valid goal. Um, and I don't, you know, there's a couple ways to get to it, and my way was to be intentional about it, but uh. You failed. Yeah, we failed. Uh, <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay, too. Uh, what happened really was that John joined the band after gambling. Jason was just sort of done with bands and, you know, mutually uh, we parted ways and we're still best friends and I love him. And so then John joined. John was in this band called Tygon. Have you guys ever heard Tygon? No. Strong recommend T I G O N. Um, they were they were one of my favorite Bay Area hardcore bands. They were, I mean, calling them hardcore is super weird, super mathy, like just just bizarro. You know, great band um, that no one ever heard. And uh, <laughs> I recorded, I think, most of their released output, not all of it. And so that was how I knew John. And he was the only person I could think of who even like might be a good fit for the band and who uh, might want to do it. And so he joined, he learned all the old songs. We toured a bit on that and then we started writing and uh, things just changed. Like it, you know, we uh, container ships took a pretty long time to write, I think partially because we were figuring out how to work together, you know, John and us who already had kind of a thing. And, uh, because we did start challenging ourselves a little bit, I think to do things a little differently and to slow things down and to use more space. Um, we also knew that we were going to record what happened. Oh, we did a split 
with Fightamp that we recorded at the studio called Sharkbite. The first two records we recorded in our practice space. Um, so they sound pretty like small, you know, and, and just gnarly. And we recorded this split at Sharkbite and it was our first time in a good room. And it was like, whoa, Jeff's drums sound awesome in here, you know? And so we knew we were going to do that. We knew that space would work. And, uh, I think it, we still saw ships as being just like a, uh, you know, if, if you took one step between Turk street and gambling and you took one step from gambling to that split, we saw it as one more step, but I guess when it came out, um, a lot of people who heard it thought it was, you know, 10 steps. It was like super different. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess in hindsight, maybe it was, I don't know. Uh, but that was kind of the, that was the, the path to that. I don't know if that's interesting, but that's, that was the path. And it's vocally, uh, I really did like injure myself a bit on the touring and stuff uh, from those first two records. Like I just basically couldn't keep singing that way. I was doing it, uh, you know, unsafely and my technique was bad and I had a lot of problems and a lot of doctor's appointments and stuff. And so uh, as our songs were changing, I was kind of trying to figure out, some other way. And again, it felt like it didn't feel conscious at the time. It just felt like a sort of natural, like organic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, these songs are all different. I'll do this. And, uh, and I can see now, you know, now again, if I put on Turk street, I'm like, Holy shit, listen to that guy. Uh, <laughs> listen to that guy. And, you know, over time, I think I've figured that thing out a little bit. I still don't think I'm the greatest vocalist in the world, but I've, I've gotten more comfortable doing, this kind of thing and I can do it more safely. We can do two or three weeks of touring and I'm fine the whole time. Um, and grievances was just us, you know, buying into that and saying, this is, we're figuring out the band that we are now and, and chasing it. And that is the anatomy of a sellout. There you go. (laughs) The one thing I want to, what you point out is really interesting is you said, you wrote it and you thought you were taking one step, but everyone that heard you heard 10 steps. That is what is fantastic. We, we, we say a lot on the podcast about music is you don't get to say what it is. Right. That every, the person that listens takes it how they want and gets to say, which, which, you know, this album could sound completely different to me or you. And when you guys are writing it, it sounds completely different to you, which I think is, is great that, you know, you were just doing what you were doing. You thought it was one step. Other people, people heard other things, other steps whatever you want to call it i think that's great yeah i mean if you see a friend that you haven't seen in three or four years like that person has seen themselves every day right that's a great analogy all right so maybe they lost 15 pounds and they you know uh they got glasses and they bought cooler clothes or whatever all (laughs) these little subtle things that you know every day but you see them after all that, and you're like, whoa, dude, you look amazing and that's Uh, why we feel sorry for clint because he has to see himself every (laughs) single fucking yeah, maybe yeah. you're like, whoa, Clint, you like you look like shit, dude. What happened over the last three years? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, man. This is literally the same shirt I was wearing last time you saw me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah, so that was basically what happened there. Uh, you know, we we ground away together in a practice space for that whole time, you know, chipping away at the the thing and building a new thing, and it all felt very organic to us. Uh and I can imagine, I guess 
maybe it was there were a lot more little changes than we realized. Well, I've only listened to the latest two albums. I I kind of working my way backwards, and uh, first two are fine by me, needless <laughs> to say. I'm actually looking forward to getting to some of the heavier stuff and see what that guy sounded like. <laughs> well, heavy is relative too, right? Like, right. I, you know what? Yeah. What does heavy mean to you? Right. But, Come on, man. No, what does heavy, what oh, does what heavy he, mean? Heavy, heavy. It's 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 gonna be you know like we talked before. Johnny Cash can be heavy. Pantera can be heavy. Um, for me, my definition of heavy is more uh, just dirty, gritty, and loud, essentially. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think hang on. I want to point it. out that that is his description of heavy, and this guy does not like ACDC. I do not but like ACDC. But he just described ACDC. No, ACDC is, is not that. I don't like uh, Rolling Stones. What, let's get them all out there. No, 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 all it's, the fine, it's fine. I don't want to. <laughs> we're wasting enough for this no, no, guy's go time. Ahead, dude. Hold on. Go ahead. You, no. you don't like the Rolling Stones. You don't like ACDC. Go on. I have a lot of unpopular opinions about music. I don't yeah. like the Beatles. Um, Essentially, he doesn't like good music. Yeah. Outside Clint of. Clint gets mad. I don't like Bruce Springsteen for sure. some reason. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, how do you feel about ZZ Top? ZZ Top's good. They're cool. I don't hit play on them regularly, but I respect them. Clint loves ZZ Top. Yeah. I, All right. Clint, Clint let's talk. Let's, <laughs> let's have a deeper conversation. Guy. Yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> um. You know what? Let's do have a deeper conversation. We're going to move it away from this so I don't end up having to put him in a headlock after we're done with this. I know you want to talk about and you I know what? 10 or 20 years from now. He might be like, "You know what? ACDC's pretty fucking great." Yeah, no, he's going to catch sympathy for the devil or something fucking random on and it's, damn, who is it? Oh my god, this is the Rolling Stones? Blah. Yeah, it could happen. It probably will. Called, and he's going to send me a text called, message, and I'm going to drive to wherever he is, and I'm going to punch him in the head. <laughs> it's called maturity. Never happened. <laughs> He'll hit puberty one of these days. No, dude. I like Nile. That's all I listen to. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know who that is. It's, <laughs> you wouldn't like it either. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your recording, Scott. Isn't Sharkbite your studio, or do I have that one wrong, too? Let, let me see if I can bat for the cycle. Uh, swing and a miss. So Yay! It's awesome. Um, <laughs> Sharkbite is this great studio in Oakland. It's been there uh, since, I guess, the early 2000s. And uh, my friend Ryan Massey, who plays in a band called American Steel, owns it. Uh, he bought it from someone else many years ago. Uh, and there's also, a, I would say, probably the Bay Area's best practice space jack london rehearsal is attached to it so it's a it's a really cool spot uh i have a studio that is my own uh right down the hall there's there's a hallway that leads to the big shark bite room that has a bunch of smaller rooms uh off of it and two of them are mastering studios one is a studio called castle ultimate and then there's mine which is called anti-sleep and it's uh it's small you know it's like two 14 by 12 or whatever rooms uh, a mix room and like a small live room for mostly for overdubs and stuff. Uh, but I'm right down the hall from shark bite. Uh, so I do a lot of sessions there and when I'm there, it's super easy of course for me to go like, Hey, let me go grab my Marshall JMP or let me go grab these pedals or some mics or, you know, cause they're all 10 steps away. Right. Uh, so no shark bite is not my studio, but it is sort of my home studio. If that makes sense. Like I, uh, 
or like a home base for me in a way like I'm good friends with Ryan and I work there a lot and we're just based and out I of love it uh California well Oakland. we're in Cal- Oakland Oakland oh yeah Oakland yes it's in Jack London Square which is like uh just a little bit south of downtown Oakland I'm gonna go for bonus points here and uh-huh. see if I can't get a fourth one wrong I, I think that this has it doesn't didn't start in this studio have something to do with one of the dudes from Neurosis? No. Yes! I am on the losing streak of a lifetime. God, Clint. This is great. It was a chance to like set the record straight yeah. for where stuff came from. Uh, no, Neurosis practiced there in that in Jack London rehearsal for a while. Um, Sleep Oops. recorded their last record in Sharkbite. Um, but that's I think the extent of the oh, and Billy Anderson works at Sharkbite a lot, and he obviously has neurosis ties. Right. Um, but I think that's the extent of the neurosis relationship. I don't think any of the neurosis folks have any real ties to studios. Steve has his own like home studio. Uh, <laughs> Let's face it. Despite me going zero for four, I swear to God, I actually listened to like the band and tried to do some kind of research. <laughs> it, this is good. You know, it, the internet is weird. It, it is. Uh, while we're here, we're running a little bit long, and partly because of Brian's editing, and partly because it's eight o'clock in the morning for you. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. We've got a couple goofy things we want to do to end this, but because of the whole neurosis thing there, uh, I. I would love to hear about you guys' Europe run with them and Yab. Oh, yeah. Um, Steve texted me in the spring, and he said, I can't remember what he, I, It was like, I'm going to stress you out right now. Are you ready? And uh, And he was asking us to do this tour. And so, you know, how can you say no to that? Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, so we, we were able to like align the planets. I mean, we all have regular jobs and families and stuff, but it was just like, if we can't do this, what are we even doing here? You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. it's a good way to put it. So, so yeah, so we said yes. And, uh, the tour was three weeks, um, like 18 shows. And I, about half of them were with neurosis and Yob and half of them were, they had off days or they had, they were booked at some huge festival. They couldn't get us on and we did our own shows. And so we were traveling by ourselves. Uh, Neurosis and Yab were sharing a bus and crew, but we were in our own van with our own, Stinch. our own team and our own gear. And, uh, it was, I, you know, I don't know. What can you say? It was great. We, I can't remember how many we, we, we drove like, 15,000 kilometers or something in three weeks, uh, just all over Europe from the UK to, uh, like to Italy to Northern Poland, uh, to Croatia, just all over Europe. Um, we played at venues that we had no right to be playing in. Uh, I think the most, the most dramatic of which was like this, uh, archeological site in Italy. Um, this ancient uh roman coliseum that was built in like 46 ad Jesus. <laughs> you know just a normal <laughs> just normal a, gig just another day yeah just gigging <laughs> just uh just gigging just 
playing gigs, <laughs> uh, and, and a bunch of other places that were, you know, maybe not. I there a bunch of other places that were amazing. Uh, the Neurosis crew and Neurosis themselves are just amazing people. Uh, they're all very straight shooters. They're all kind, and they know what it's like to be in a band. There's no rock star shit. Uh, you know, we've known the Yob guys for a while too, and they are total sweethearts. Uh, and I think we all like each other's bands. So we're all watching each other's sets. And uh, I don't know, we, we came back from three weeks of that and we were like, I feel fine. Yeah. You know, a lot of tours you finish and you're like, holy shit. Uh, you kind of, you know, limp into home base, but it was like, I feel great. This was, it was just a really great experience. And I think we, we did a good job of being present during it you know even though there's lots of tour stress and managing and all that stuff uh it was still we were able to look at each other and say yo we're getting to do this this is this is fucking great <laughs> right is, is there any future tours coming up got any plans any new albums Ooh, next question yeah <laughs> no um, <laughs> No, no, no plans right now. Uh, we'll Ooh. see what happens next year. We are trying to get a record written and finished. And it's been, I think, due to lots of real life shit. Uh, and I don't mean to make it sound negative. It's just that we all, you know, have lots of real life stuff going on. And I've been so busy recording other people's bands. Um, it's just been hard to get a record done. And our, you know, our plan has been we're just, not going to really do much until we have a record out. Like it was ridiculous to go do this neurosis tour without a new record. Uh, but that's life, you know? So, right. uh, I promise a new record by like the year 2300. There's no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. Real life gets in the way. I mean, just look at all the machinations we had to go through just to get this scheduled. The adults have things yeah. going on. Exactly. Yeah, um, I, you know, I for the last three years or four or five years or whatever, I've been doing a lot of recording, and it's basically all been nights and weekends, you know, around a day job and a family. And uh, someone's like, "Hey, where's my mixes?" And it's like, "Man, I am. I promise you, I am doing it, everything I possibly can to get this done." But you're you know, twenty three hundred. I, I swear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I just, I just don't have complete control over my schedule, and I, I promise you, I'm working as hard as I can for you, and. You know, it's been like that with the record, too. It's like you, you look up and it's like, whoa, a week and a half has gone by and I haven't had a chance to even think about this. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, that that adds up. Well, uh, uh, before we move on to the goofiness here, I, I would like to point out that the you kind of buried the lead in one of the coolest things that's ever been said on this fucking stupid podcast. And just the casual mention of, yeah, Steve Von Till texted me and said, hey, what are you doing this summer? Next time he sends you a random text, be sure to tell him that I love him and the band, and we'd be happy to have them on. Yeah, <laughs> these guys don't even uh, have to ask okay. a question. Yeah. The, uh, but in all seriousness, we're gonna move on to uh, we're gonna be idiotic here and let you get on with your Saturday. Uh, okay, Brian, do you want to do the? Uh, uh, we're doing this. Absolutely, what is, we're doing okay. this. What is happening here? It's oh, buckle your seat. Yeah, buddy. here we go. This has never been done before. We're, this is a show original. Get like a, am I going to get a pie in the face or something? <laughs> Worse. You're going to get a rapid fire. You're going to have a longer conversation with us. Yeah. A rapid fire question. There's about 10 of them. Are you ready? Okay. I think so. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Toilet paper, under or over? 
That's not even a question. Uh, sure it is. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> hey, man, the only people who do the toilet paper under are people who don't like ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, you'll like the next one. Then Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. Uh, Simpson or Family Guy? Simpsons. Hammett or Hetfield? Oh, Hetfield all day. Yes. Beer or liquor? No. Sober. Okay. Woods or ocean? Which one is inside a studio? <laughs> That's all you see, huh? You use the woods. <laughs> use the wood from the woods for the studio. Right. Yeah. Uh, fall or spring? Fall. And the fucking cream of the mountain here. <laughs> Sausage links or patties? Whoa. Right? <laughs> uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go links. Uh, wah, wah, wah. Is that a failure? That's, That's a failure. But we're both patties. Yeah, yeah. both patties. I'm a vegetarian, so, you know, my choice of... Veggie sausage uh, is, you know, comes in both. Processed meat <laughs> product is based on processed fake meat, right. and I think that the the link game is has been elevated. I and uh, the, the the patty game is still a little bit still, like sort of weird and chemically. I yeah. travel a lot, and every every so often in the hotel at the Continental Breakfast is veggie sausage patties, and every time I yeah, eat it, Morning Star, yeah, yeah, I think, holy shit, why the fuck do I do this to myself? This is disgusting. <laughs> um, but I'm glad you like it. That's good. Every, I eat those all the time. Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Every random thing with this guy turns into something fucking... I love it. All right. And we're going to get you out of here. I know that you said you didn't want any tropey bullshit questions. Too bad. But uh, we're going to wrap this up with the tropiest of tropey bullshit questions. Scott, you're getting shipped off to an island. You get to take one album with you for the rest of your damn life. What's that album going to be? I should probably pick something really long, right? Like, <laughs> or a double. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I can't just answer that. That's. <laughs> yeah. We've asked this to everyone. We either get like instantaneous. It's either immediate or it's five dude, minutes. Yeah. Fuck you for asking me this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like my quick off the cuff answer is probably "Animals" by Pink Floyd. Cool. Good shot. Yeah. 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 Great record. Ne yeah. Has never gotten old for me. No. Yeah. That's uh. I've never heard it and thought, no, I'm not in the mood for this. <laughs> never listen to that again. Yeah. All right. Put it on and listen to the whole record every time. It's yeah. not just like You it. ever heard uh, Claypool's wall-to-wall -wall cover of it? No, I haven't. Yeah, he does with the Frog Brigade. They did it live. and They did Animals? Live, from start to finish. And it, almost, it sounds... Give a listen to it. Let me know what you think. Because it, it, it's... Who, you can, uh, you who can, sings? He does a lot of it. And then uh, I think it's Todd Huth does a lot of the other parts. It, you can tell that he loves that album. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, I know, I remember they a long time ago did that Have a Cigar cover. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess it's not surprising. Uh, I don't, well, I'll listen to it. I Less singing my favorite record. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. And it's live. It's a live album too. Yeah. I meant I wanted to ask you, we're gonna have to have you on again because we did we missed we went long and we still missed so much. Shit. All right. 
I talked a lot. I'm sorry. You're fine. It was all plenty interesting, and I know that that was a concern. Uh, Scott, we're going to let you get on with your morning and uh, so on and so forth. Have a pleasant day. Thanks a ton for coming on with us. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Good luck in all the recording and ventures, and if you re- put something out or come our way, we'll see you then. We will definitely see you then. Yeah, right on. Bye. Wow. That was fun. Yeah, and he said he was going to be no fun. He lied. Well, he didn't say that he was going to be no fun. He said that he was. He can't make things interesting, and I think that I. I he I, lied. I, I struggle to find anything. To what make it? What makes what you added to the interesting by failing four out of four <laughs> research? I can't believe it, <laughs> and he I, he really enjoyed turning you know telling you you were wrong too. That's good. <laughs> was the the extra funny part about this is you and I had a back and forth. Right before we started recording about how I'm never wrong. Yeah. And then I went 0 for 4. Yeah. But uh, bonus points for me. Yep. I can't wait to add that to the description of the show. I bet. <laughs> but, uh, but want more? More KBC? KBC? You want some more? What? what? You want to play it? want to play now. it? Now. More Colin Wall City? Yeah. Jesus Christ, buddy. I know we're running long, but you got to talk slower. Or do you want to do something else? You want to do yeah, I want to talk real oh. quick about that. You know what? Let's do that after Calhoun Wall City because we got a good vibe going here. Let's okay. let's hit it with uh, one of my personal favorite songs of theirs. Wrong side of history. Wrong side of history.
I love that fucking song. It's it might be a a, a little bit. I, I I love that song. I love Calhoun Wall City in general. I still can't believe we had Scott on. That uh, woohoo is what I'm getting around to saying. Speaking of woohoo, speaking of woohoo, yeah, is this where I do the review? Yep. I also really like Costa Casanova's new album, God How I Envy the Deaf. Okay. The uh it came out uh what yesterday, so the eighteenth. Friday the eighteenth on Magnetic Eye, Costa Casanova, God How I Envy the Deaf. The first two songs, uh one of them being Filth Castle, which was on last week's show, are a pretty good uh five minute ish example of what you're gonna get from Costa Casanova. Where it's uh, there's a bunch of there's good riffs, there's great bass lines, there's the drums are fucking pounding, and there's turns that you don't see coming. It, it, they're her vocals and his vocals mend or blend really well together. It uh, like I said, it, it's I think that those two songs are a pretty good indication of what you're gonna get. And then by the time you're getting around to stuff like Memory King, four-ish songs in, I think it is, they get a little more atmospheric, a little moody, back to the, uh, not necessarily the best uh, comparison here, but just kind of back to what I was talking about last week with the Primus because of the bass lines and the Cure because of his vocals. It just showing off that whole moody, atmospheric thing that they can do. Uh, and you get a little further into it, and stuff like Talus Lightning, is somewhere in between like punk rock and noise rock, and it's just fucking. It's a lot of fun. I love the stops, the starts and stops for the vocals that they do there, and just the way the whole damn song's put together. I actually have written here in my notes, uh, "Damn, this song is fun." I also have written here that I really love what the guitars are doing under the vocals and those starts and stops that I mentioned. The uh. Th- there's no shortage of talented fucking people in this band. It's and it, it comes through an awful lot. I, and I love their titles, be it the album title or some of the song titles, like "Truth Syrup." It, it's just fucking great. The uh, just the baseline and the mood that builds in this is a, a lot of fun. Uh, the way it builds into something heavier. Uh, it, the proggy breakdown isn't always my thing, and but but the way it comes out of it is where it's kind of like upbeat, moody almost. It, they uh, they just do so many things that aren't being done, and I can't tell if it's purposely or if it's like what's natural for them, or if the, you know if they're sitting around thinking, okay, what would be the left turn here? What would be Whatever it is, I really fucking enjoy it. I also have written here the uh, for True Syrup at the end. Really damn good song. They've got some guest vocals there towards the end, uh, and there's some really good riffs in that. Uh, I think that song's Roger B. Tanny, the one with yeah, the one with the name. That uh, I just got some really good guitar riffs in it toward uh, in there in the middle part somewhere. Sorry, I'm not actually listening to it as I'm saying this stuff, obviously. Uh, Boxing Crated, they finish it up with uh, something that lengthwise is a little more common for them on the older stuff. And it seems like a good way to wrap up the album. 
after you know you get a good indication of where they are and who they are as a band through all this and this is a good just kind of long goodbye there at the end of the album i know you haven't really gotten around to listening to it too much i can't recommend it enough if you want some good good stuff that you haven't heard before i'd go a solid four out of five on this it, you know the shit's scale zero being shit five being the shit i'm gonna go four this is solid in my rotation i actually had it on the fucking treadmill the other day blasting it's uh sorry brian don't look at me angry because Jesus. i said something on the table all right now shut up let's play some more music okay what's next we got mother iron horse oh okay. dude this is a debut yeah this just came out yesterday. I was stoked about this when they said that we could go with this. Mother Iron Horse's new song, brand new song, The Great Right.
All right. Brand new song. Mother Iron Horse changing it up a little bit. But, uh, that guy, and listen to their older album, his vocals have that feel of this guy's for sure beat red every time he's screaming and probably about to blow his vocals out. And uh, changed it up a little bit on that new song, and I'll be damned if that doesn't fucking work. Speaking of blowing your vocals out, Oh. Listeners are going to blow their vocals out. Blow their vocals out. When they hear what we have for them. <laughs> I know I blew something out when I heard what we have. The world's biggest band is coming twice. Metallica. Headlining the Sonic Temple Arts and Music Festival. Two different nights, two different sets. The weekend of May 15th through 17th. Go to SonicTempleFestival.com for information. Tickets on sale Monday, October 14th. The one, the only, Metallica. Go to SonicTempleFestival.com. That's right. Yeah. We will be giving away Metallica tickets. Give it away, give it away. Wait, that's not Metallica. Yes, we will be giving away more Sonic Temple tickets this year. More info on that to come. They're selling pre-sales, and the rest of the lineup hasn't even been announced. I know, it's gonna and sell this shit's out. selling out. You're gonna, you're gonna. Only way you're gonna be able to get them is through us. Yep. So, haha. All right. The next band is brought to you by the weird word of the day. <laughs> the weird word of the day is galoshes. 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 All right. Why is that the weird word of the day? Because I was watching it on an airplane, and they said galoshes, and I thought, holy fuck, that's a weird word. I'm saying it on the podcast. Somebody Speaking of weird words, so it is a weird word, and uh, you, it's only on rainy days that you find a way to use it. Right. Unless you force it into a conversation like you just did. Galoshes. Um, somebody sent me something the other day, um, and it was the definition for gruntled as opposed to disgruntled and the whole thing that gruntled actually is a thing and it means humorous. Way to hijack my segment, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, who do we have, Clint? What's I don't know how to pronounce it, man. Yeah. You're the one that wanted to do weird words. <laughs> yeah, that's his, yeah, Sorxies. Sorxy? S-O-R-X-E. Sorry if you hear this. Yes, we're going to have to have them on the show so we can solve this fucking mystery, Scooby. Their song, Exiled, coming up right now. All seven minutes of some fucking post-metal heavy fucking goodness. Ready, set, Go.
All right, would you say that was some gut-wrenching music, Clint? Oh, I see what you're doing here. I see what you're doing. Well, here today's interesting music fact. Uh, there was they used to use guts for strings back in the day on acoustic guitars. I think you might actually be the only person that doesn't know this. <laughs> what? I think you might be the only person. I didn't that say doesn't. I didn't know this. Oh, I said okay. it's a fun fact. Okay, all right. I'll stay out of your segment. Spanish guitars were originally made from the small intestines of slaughtered sheep, but they uh, moved to nylon during World War II when all available gut was uh, used in the production of surgical thread bah. for wounded soldiers. That's badass. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we got local guys. I want to try to get a local band on at least, you know, one fifty percent of the time. Yeah, go ahead. You're uh, you're the programmer. Or That's the, what uh, I'm. I'm working on it. That's what okay. I'm saying. So if you're hearing this and you're one of our local guys here, I'll let you boys. Pale gray lore coming at you with their song "Void Cursed" for the hype.
that's all we have today. Brian, this was more fun than it had any right to be. Shameless plug at the end here. Insidian, our band is playing at Muddy Creek Saloon on the 26th of October. Halloween if you want to come out and see us not only play our songs, but not look like we usually do. Yep, dressed up. Full uh, kiss garb. Not Re- really. Not really. <laughs> so, could you imagine me and the Gene Simmons get up with the fucking... You know, six foot high fucking boots and all that stuff. And what do you think I masturbate to, Clint? (laughs) (laughs) We're not really good. You're on your joke game today. (laughs) But with that being said, call Kowloon Wall City in the back. If you got music you want to play us to play on our show, send it to eostupidity at gmail.com. We're on social media. We're on all the social medias. As long as all of the social medias are Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, find us, like us, follow us. We will have info on fucking Metallica tickets for you for Sonic Festival. Yeah. Sonic Sonic Temple Festival. Yeah. Gee, many Christmas. We're I, doing I have to be able to say this right. We're doing the damn thing. We're doing the damn thing. Um, again, this was more fun than it had any right to be. Long show, but God damn it. Worth it. You love it. Bye. <laughs>